2: Welcome to Secured and Secure hosted by Johnny Seaford. This is the podcast where I say it's okay to not be okay. And if you have the same answer as me, then before we get to today's guest, please subscribe to Security and Secure you're listening. And at the end of the episode, leave a five-star rating and a review. Let me tell you about my guest today. My guest today is a charity worker who you will know from last year's marriage at First Sight UK, where in the first gay marriage, he was partnered up with Dan McKee with their relationship lasting two years until last December. Since then, he's found a new relationship and it's with his new fashion collection with Lucy Lockett Loves and his men's band to celebrate all things LGBT. So to tell me more, I'm delighted to welcome to Skuniska, it's Matt Jameson. Hello, Matt. Hi, Johnny. How are you doing? I'm all right, mate. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, good. Good, thanks. It's a lovely sunny morning, which is nice
2: it's like a prophetic fallacy and it's all about the happiness that you get from sunshine in general obviously i hope it's okay to bring up you obviously were in a relationship to lost something i just said how mm-hmm. are you feeling now you know six months on you know, you've got the whole breakup the, between the two of you but then you've also got the breakup with the media and the media creating everything around it as well
1: i won't lie it's been tough it's been a tough time the last six months it's been a massive adjustment as you know i moved over to northern ireland to be with Daniel and then we were living over there for a a year and the relationship wasn't working. So we decided to to end things and I've moved back to Leeds. So it's been a big adjustment. And I think any relationship that breaks down, it takes time. It does really, really take time for you to heal, learn more about yourself, start to feel okay and be able to move on and move forward. I'm doing loads of things back in Leeds. I'm really keeping busy, but I'm just trying to keep myself as busy as possible. Not as a distraction, I guess, but just so that I feel like I'm moving forward and I'm getting on with my life. It has been tough because I love Daniel and we were together for two years. And I guess coming out of it, I'm a little bit heartbroken and it, that takes time to heal.
2: But the good thing is, is that because of the distance, because you moved back to live, you didn't have that temptation of going just one more night, just one, more, you know, just for old times' sake, just one night. You know, you've completely cut <laughs> it off because it's very easy to go back into a relationship. And you know, when you break up in a relationship, normally you go back and forwards about a hundred times, knowing how toxic it is. But you're like, oh, I'll just do it as a one-off; it won't mean anything. But the fact you've distanced yourself completely and moved yourself out of the situation completely mentally that must have helped you with your sense of belonging and your own identity that you could then start again.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think having that distance and having that non-contact as well when you when you end a relationship is really, really important. Because as you've just said, I think we all, it's a weird thing, isn't it, how your brain works? Because I think when you when you come out of a relationship, you're really sad. So you kind of remember all the positive things and you remember the good times and it's that connection with somebody that you miss. And so that's why I think so many people do kind of look back and go, all right, oh, let's, let's just give it another go. Let's keep trying. Because you're remembering the positive side of it and how that made you feel, that sense of belonging, I guess, with another person. But actually, to be able to move forward and heal and get over it, I think you do have to have that distance. You do have to have that time to yourself where there isn't any contact. So you are able to find yourself again and be able to get over that relationship. And just feel content and comfortable in yourself again. Do you know, the one thing that that I found really surprising was when we did announce the split back in December last year. It was everywhere. Like, within, within minutes, it was on kind of every online news outlet. And that was quite surprising, really, that so it was so in your face and everybody was talking about it and it was everywhere. And I think that was where the pressure then came because it kind of felt like everybody was talking about it. And when you're going through something like that, you just want to go quite insular and you want to kind of just deal with it yourself, tell your friends and family, have people that care about you and love you around you. But then having everybody know and everybody comment on, on it was quite quite difficult. Everybody was lovely though. Everybody was really nice. All the comments were really positive and people were showing their support and the love for us both, which was amazing. But it kind of amplified the sadness of the situation and so that's why it was it was quite difficult and it wasn't it didn't happen quickly as well we, we split up in December we were still living together over in Northern Ireland I had tenants over here in my house in Leeds so there was a bit of a transition period where we were still living together being amicable but then eventually I had to up sticks again and move everything back to Leeds.
2: Did they come of guilt though the fact that it went all over the media and the fact that everyone was commenting on it did you feel a little bit of guilt going i'm really sorry i've let you guys down you know the fact that you made up not you but the fact that married at first sight gave us the responsibility of being the first gay couple of the series and then you know you've watched our journey we've actually let you the fan down
1: i guess there was a slight element of that a slight element of that i'm not sure if it was Gill or maybe just A bit of disappointment in the Mm -hmm. fact that we were representing the LGBTQ plus community in such a positive way. And our relationship has been had been so public because of that and the fact that it hadn't worked. And I guess there was there was a sense of responsibility on that as well. And so, yeah, that was difficult, difficult to deal with because every because everybody embraced us the whole the whole country embraced us as an lgbtq plus couple which was amazing and still is amazing because people are still commenting now people are still recognizing me people are still saying how how great i came across and we came across as a couple on the show so that is still even though we're not together now i think that is still a little bit of a legacy with that being the first lgbtq plus couple on the show and actually representing the community in such a positive way. There were so many people that still say, um, it was only the other week, actually, I had a I had a um, a message from a, a lady whose uh daughter um, was had come out because of watching the show and seeing mine and Daniel's journey, and then feeling comfortable enough to then talk to a mum and dad about wanting to come out. And that those little bits, those little stories and those people's lives that we've been able to touch in that way by representing the community so well, just makes it all worthwhile.
2: You talk about the mum who messaged you about their daughter had come out. What was your coming out story? Who were you inspired by to come out? Tell me about that journey.
1: I'm 41. I came out when I was 15 and I was actually at school and it's one of those funny stories. I was in drama class, obviously, full of drama. There'd been some rumours going around school and I was 15 at the time. There'd been some rumours going around school. i have been hanging hanging out with kind of some older, an older group of young people that were part of the LGBTQ plus community. And there'd been some rumors going around. Cut long story short, someone blatantly asked me in this drama class, "Of oh, have you got a boyfriend? And I just kind of went, I thought I'm not gonna lie anymore. And I just went, "Yep, yeah, I have. And I always remember the face changing and then saying, are you gay? And I was like, yep, yeah, I'm gay. The room went silent in this drama class. The teacher wasn't there. She was in the back room listening in, she told me at a later date. And it was literally around the school like wildfire. Break came. Everybody knew. The school didn't really know what to do because nobody had ever, they'd never had an openly gay student before. And with me being quite young as well, 15, I got lots of support, lots of support from the teachers, from the school. But the one thing that I found really interesting was some of the, some of my lad mates that were really close they kind of distanced themselves and it was other people that then kind of became more supportive and new friendships grew from it. It was really weird how it kind of changed, but I was always quite quiet at school before that. I was always, I was had my head down, you know, like a model student and I think there's a reason they call it coming out because she suddenly become and get this in a spirit that you've never kind of had before, where you can just be truthful and honest about who you are. And it kind of gives you that new lease of life and you feel free, it's, it's an amazing feeling. But I would have never been able to do that if I hadn't have seen and known about the gay community and how okay it was, okay it was to be gay. And I think when you're 15, you still when, when you're a teenager, a young teenager, you're still trying to figure yourself out. But if I'm really honest with myself, I think I knew for a long time before that. But it's just coming to terms with it in your own mind and actually thinking, well, do you know what? It's okay. It's okay if I fancy men. It's okay if I'm gay because that's who I am. And I don't have a choice about that. And I just need to be open and honest with family and friends and everybody around me. And if they accept me, amazing. If they don't, more fool them.
2: So what would you tell the other 15-year-olds? Now, if you've got a 15-year-old listening now who wants to come out, obviously you did it very differently in that time period, but when it comes to education in school and having those conversations, where is the line? What is one supposed to be doing in schools now to make people more comfortable to come out? But also educating about all the different, for example, types of genders that now exist, and also saying that's also okay if you've got a different type of gender. It is okay,
1: and it's okay to be able to come out and having that support from teachers and friends and family. I think anybody that is thinking about it and wants to do it, speak to your family, speak to your friends, confide in the people that are closest to you about how you're feeling and what you want to do. So you've got that support network around you. And if you feel like you want to talk to somebody impartial beforehand to get relevant information and and understand who you are as part of that journey before you come out, then 100% get in touch with those organisations, as you mentioned. But then I think it's very important as well to to be able to be open with your family and friends and connect with them so that they understand where you're coming from and also have that relationship with them because they love you. Your family and friends love you and that's what I discovered as well. I was scared to tell my parents but I had the most amazing experience and they were so open and so willing to understand who I was. It was a shock for them, definitely a shock for them because I think... At that time, my parents didn't know any other gay people. So they, it was quite an alien thing for them to have to deal with. But now they're, they're just incredible. And they've learned and they've been on that journey with me through my own sexuality as I've grown. They've grown with me, which is fantastic. And I think that's how how families are able to support each other by learning and being open and growing together.
2: How did you feel with that weight being lifted off your shoulder that you could just be the authentic, real Matthew now?
1: Oh, incredible. It's the most incredible feeling. It really is. If you've scored the the winning goal at the at the football match at school and everyone is elated and everyone's around you, it's just that incredible feeling of relief, but also that incredible feeling of emotion and proudness. You're so proud of yourself because you literally have come out and it's it's incredible and it's such a a relief that you can just be who you are. And not have to pretend anymore. I think that's the that's one of the main things, not have to pretend to fancy girls, not have to pretend to be like, oh yeah, um, go to this party or play or even play football. I don't like football, but I had to play it at school. But you get into it and you you put on a facade, I guess, a little bit of a facade, so that you fit in. I think a lot of, a lot of kids do that at school, and I know I did, because you don't want to be different. But when you actually accept the difference of who you are and you're able to just Shout about it. It just makes all the difference.
2: Let's talk about your campaign with Lucy Lockett Loves. Um, This is, well, if you've seen the pictures of these trousers, they're a little bit bright, (laughs) aren't they?
1: They are. They're very bright. They're very bright and vibrant, which is all, which is what I'm all about. What I'm all about. Lucy uh, has become a friend of mine, which is great. And we met about 18 months ago now and hit it off straight away. And Lucy has the Lucy Lockett Loves brand, which is um, active wear for women, which is great. Lots of different patterns, colours, all this kind of stuff. And we originally had a conversation. I love that kind of thing anyway. And Lucy then asked me and said, Oh, would you be interested in in doing a collaboration? Because for the first time, Lucy wanted to launch a menswear collection. So I was like, I thought about it for like two seconds. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Let's do it. And the, all the designs, I've got eight designs. And they are all inspired by different parts of my life. Got some diamonds, which I have a diamond tattoo, which I'm sure lots of people have seen. Skull tattoo. Skull tattoo palm trees, I like lots of wild patterns, that kind of thing. And then also two of the designs are LGBTQ plus inspired as well. And part of the profit from those is going to the Out Together charity that I work with to help support the LGBTQ plus community. And it's all the patterns are just so vibrant, so colourful. And it's really, really just showing off who I am as a person and showing my personality, which is what I've always wanted to do. And it's what, what I did in the show how I feel like I come across is just been my authentic self. And it's really exciting that I'm able to share that with everyone.
2: And so where can people get more information? Where can they see, where can they buy the Lucy Lockett's collection that you're doing?
1: So the Lucy Lockett collection is available on uh, Lucy Lockett Loves website. You also see the link in my bio if you follow me on Instagram as well. And the Out Together charity as well. It's sort of promoted on there. So yeah, you can get them there.
2: That was Matthew Jameson. If you love Mad at First Sight, like, like me, there are episodes on Security and Secure of Shining Douglas, Paul C. Branson, and along with Gemma Rose and Amy Christophers and Sophie Brown. You've been listening to Security and Security with me, Johnny. So if you like what you heard, please do go and rate the podcast, leave a five-star review and share it and subscribe. And let's keep spreading the word. It's okay to not be okay. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Johnny C. Until next time, thank you and goodbye.